It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson and this is the Ron Johnson Show. On today's show, we're going to talk AFC, NFC championship games. There's a lot of stuff that happened. One kind of went the way we thought it would go and the other one it didn't quite go the way we thought. And so we're going to have to talk about that. Also, the parlay, the RJ parlay, $11,000 in one of them, $14,000 in the other one, almost hit. So we're going to we're gonna break that down. So as you build into the Super Bowl, if you want to play along with FanDuel and understand these parlays, hey, I'm going to be here, me and Sam, we're going to break it down for you. And then the Timberwolves. We made, we made comments about that on Friday's roundtable, and it happened. But what happened? We'll talk about that next, coming up on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everyone. I'm Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I want you to know this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. And remember, you can download the Amazon Fire and the Roku apps. They have the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on the on your TV. Just go to search for apps, put in Locked On Sports Minnesota. You'll see our app. Download it to your TV. You can get all the shows, all the updates. Hey, you can get the parlays. We talked about the parlays as I bring uh, Sam Extram into the show, my producer. Sam, the parlays on FanDuel. Close. close. Very close. And, and so for the and for those that don't understand parlays, let's, let me tell you this. I'm a novice as well. I'm not a big time, like I'm, I'm reading all the tea leaves and trying to fix. I'm a novice. I just go with my heart. I go with my heart feels. I look at the app. Very simple. You just go on, download. You have to pick your state. Unfortunately, Minnesota, you guys aren't legally able to do it. But if you want to drive over to Iowa, feel free. But when you look at the parlay, um, the Eagles one was close. We missed the Jalen Hurts run. The Jalen Hurts run, 11 yards. We were short. 50-plus yards for Jalen Hurts to hit. Also, 43-and-a-half points. If the 49ers just found a way to score one more touch, like if if every single quarterback on their roster doesn't get hurt, every I mean, Hughes check was about to play quarterback. That's where we were headed. Hughes check, their fullback, was about to play quarterback because Brock Purdy hurt his elbow, so he couldn't throw. Uh, Josh Johnson, concussion. We know Jimmy Garoppolo's out. We know Trey Lance. Like four quarterbacks. Literally, that's Tom Brady. Like they, 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 they should just put the bat signal up and ask Roger Goodell at halftime. Like, hey, is there any way we can just fly Tom Brady here on the jet? Uh, because, or he might even be be near here anyway. Uh, because we, I mean, come on now. Because I did see that uh, randomly Bosa was there, so maybe Tom Brady was somewhere hiding in the building. But that was the one. Uh, but then the other one, T. Higgins, anytime score, he scored. 
Uh, Travis Kelsey, first time touchdown score. He was the first touchdown score. That was the toughest one, and you that got was. it. That that gave that that made the game interesting for me, Ron, because I was <laughs> I was rooting for you the whole time. And when you think about that too, of everything that could have happened when you when you gamble, uh, they were in the red zone three times, all all both teams three times. So you got the Bengals went in, had to kick a field goal. Chiefs went in both times, kicked a field goal. Third time. Finally, Travis Kelsey, because I'm I'm listening because I was dropping my daughter off to softball here and there. And so I was kind of in uh, I was in the whole AFC uh, NFC game, but the AFC game, I was kind of being dad. And as so I'm listening on the game, I'm watching it on my phone. I got the NFL app on my phone. I'm watching it and, and they get in the red zone. I'm like, come on, just just Travis Kelsey, this thing. And then it was like fourth down. I'm like, oh, they're not going to they're going to run the ball or something. And then I remembered I'm like, Patrick Mahomes is hurt. He doesn't have that. Normally, that would be some kind of weird Patrick Mahomes, like shovel, spin around, ring around the rosy play. No, 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 no. Let's go to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey gets the first one. I needed Travis Kelsey to get the second touchdown. He almost had it, but I think it went to uh, MBS, uh, Scantling, got the yep. second touchdown. Could have easily been a Travis Kelsey because Kelsey was over to the left. And my wife didn't understand because I'm screaming like, just throw the ball to Kelsey. She didn't understand what I was screaming about to like explain <laughs> it to her. And then, unfortunately, I did pick the Bengals in the money line just because. And again. It was almost there, though, because if he doesn't push him, if Osai doesn't push Patrick Mahomes, one, you got a bad ankle already, so why are you pushing him? I get it. Emotions, everything. And, and even his his reasoning behind it was just mentally not in it because he said, oh, I was pushing him, hoping he go backwards. What? You put – what? So you pushed him <laughs> forward in his back, hoping he would go backwards to keep the clock running. I don't know what college that guy went to, but clearly physics wasn't offered at that school. And, and so when I heard that, he's like, yeah, I, I pushed him thinking I can get him to go backwards. And I'm like, all right, now you're trying too hard. Like, you just made a mistake. Stop explaining it. Because the more you mm -hmm. explain it, you're SpongeBobbing this thing. Like, you're literally SpongeBobbing it. You're like, you're, you're going too far into the explanation. Like, I love BJ Hill having his back. Um but that, but that was that. So that was my takeaway as far as the parlay and the fan duel. Um, my biggest takeaway, so let's jump into this, Sam. My biggest takeaway, yep. and I'll stay with the AFC first. My biggest takeaway from the AFC game was Joe Burrow is legit. The Bengals are going to be a good team for a good amount of time because T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are both young receivers. Uh, you, you do have uh, Hayden Hurst as a tight end, solid. Joe Burrow, legit. Joe Burrow's still on that first contract. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow's on that first contract. And I think that's where it's going to get interesting is when they start having to, because you got to, you got to, you got to pay him a lot. You got to pay him a lot of money. I mean, people are saying, you know, the Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, AFC, you know, is giving them like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning vibes. And, and I'm like, man, that's, that's high praise, but I, I could see it. Cause in the AFC, I don't see two other teams right now that feel as, complete and dominant whereas the Chiefs aren't even complete they put a bunch of hodgepodge receivers together to try to help out because they lost Tyreek Hill and they're back in the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill so it tells you a lot about that Chiefs offense because everybody tried to say it was Cheetah Cheetah made that offense go you can throw it to him he can give you 55 yards every time he can give you a touchdown Patrick Mahomes on one leg got them to the Super Bowl against a very good Bengals team this was not the other game this was two good teams fully ready to go, fully healthy, other than Patrick Mahomes' ankle. And so my, my take, that was my takeaway, that I think we're, we're seeing the early possible futures, but contracts are going to matter. Also, I'm going to say it was the best two teams in the FC. They got it right. 
because I just don't know if the Bills – and I think, you know, and then the Bills down in that stretch, maybe they do it, but they didn't show it before. So they had the best two teams. That was my takeaway. What was yours from the AFC? Yeah, you're right on Burrow. Two plays in that game that stand out. Third and 16 on their final drive. Now, they didn't convert, but third and 16, he's backed up in his own territory. Drops back there, fearless. Hayden Hurst, first down. And there was a fourth and six earlier in the game. Drops back, double coverage. Jamar Chase, fearless, first down. And Jamar Chase is good. That was a Justin Jefferson-esque kind of play that he made, sandwiched between two defenders. Um, But Patrick Mahomes, man, at 50%, 25%, he still makes more plays than... 29 other quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he was still doing wizard stuff. He's still magic. And of course, of course he wins the game basically on a play with his legs on yeah. a horrible ankle. Because he was not healthy, Ron. No. I mean, that that was hurting him. And he gutted it out. Final takeaway, though. Kansas City, they're talking about eight rookies playing on defense. Steve Spagnolo is unbelievable. Uh, he's done this now several years in a row. They don't have a lot of money, Ron, to throw around on the defensive side of the ball. And somehow they, they always have really good coverage. Uh, they've got good pass rush. I don't know what they've got in the water there. But the Kansas City defense, as impressive, I felt, as their offense yesterday, if not more. Really, really good stuff. And when you have Spagnolo, who's great, who sticks around, Eric Bieniemy somehow can't get a head coaching job. He sticks around. And Andy Reid, they've just got so much continuity on that coaching staff. It doesn't surprise me that they always are in this spot. True, true. And everybody remember, before we uh, jump into the NFC, because we're going to talk NFC, um, this is powered by FanDuel. FanDuel, make every moment more. And this is why I believe that. Because I wasn't bought into these games completely. Like, I was going to watch them because it's my job. Uh, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about it next season when we open up Vikings game day live. And when you open up the football season or training camp, we have to talk about the AFC, NFC championships. We have to tweet about it. It's our job. But when I started putting these parlays together, I was really bought into the moments in these games. And so looking at the NFC moments, my biggest takeaway from the NFC is the Eagles got away with murder. The Eagles got away with it. They, they, they basically, it's like robbing it. Cause I saw the chiefs do the Daniil Hunter celebration. They kicked the door in and then they mm -hmm. tried to steal money again out the safe. Um, so they added on to it. But when you look at the Eagles and you look at what the Eagles got away with, they, they, they walked into a bank and the security guard was on break. Like they walked into a bank security guard was on break police. They were chilling. They were, they were nowhere to be found. I don't know where the police were at this moment because when they walked into that bank and started stealing the money out the safe, there was nobody there. Peyton Manning used to call himself the sheriff. Why? Because he always made sure he was the captain on the field. He was controlling the field. The sheriff was in control at all times. That was the problem. 49ers didn't have a sheriff. Start off with Brock Purdy really well. Hassan Reddick. I mean, man. Talk about just adding a piece to the puzzle. Like when you think about the Vikings and some of the pieces they could have added, Hassan Reddick could have been one of them. Hassan Reddick literally put his stamp on the game to start. If he doesn't get to that play 
and, and not, not not to say just hurt him. Like I'm not talking about the injury part. That play alone, like there was a wide open receiver, and Hassan Reddick kind of like Superman jumped, got the ball free. It ended up being a Linball Joseph fumble, which again, I wish the rest would stop blowing the whistle so fast because you can always go back and watch the play and say, "Oh, yep, nope, it, it was a, it was ball was in his hand, incomplete pass." If the ball comes out and a guy picks up it, just wait. Let Linval Joseph go run so we can put that oxygen mask back on. <laughs> in Philadelphia, that's where in he did Philadelphia. The first time. That's, exactly. Let let Linval rumble, and then let him go put that oxygen mask on. But that could have been a Linval Joseph touchdown because the only thing behind him was a hurt quarterback and five offensive linemen. I I like my chances with Linval Joseph taking off. And when you when you think about that play, that changed the scope of it. Then you bring in Josh Johnson. He gets a concussion. That felt like the movie with Jamie Foxx. Any given Sunday, where all the quarterbacks go down and Jamie Foxx, unfortunately, there was no Jamie Foxx on that bench to save the 49ers. Like, Jamie Foxx, put him on the 10-day contract. Bring him out the stands. I literally would have got on the PA mic and said, hey, is there any quarterbacks in the building that want to play for San Francisco today? Anybody. What, what was the dude from the Eagles, uh, the movie, with uh, Mark Wahlberg, Vince Dinbali or whatever? Um, remember? Um, uh, uh, Invincible. Invincible. Mark Wahlberg. I don't yep. remember the guy's name, but, but I remember know, the story. Yeah, a guy like that. In the stands, can play, played high school quarterback. Like, 49ers needed somebody to just throw the ball, like 10 yards. They couldn't even get that. Because once Brock Purdy came back in, arm was hurt. So that was my takeaway from the NFC Championship game. I just felt like it was unfair to the 49ers. They had worked so hard to get to this point. Uh, Shanahan had done so much to, to go from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey, or sorry, Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo to then Brock Purdy. And then to Josh Johnson, and then back to Brock Pratt. Like, I know at some point he's sitting there, like, man, what else is going to happen? Like, are my headsets going to go out? Like, are, are they going to grease the poles in the in the in, to the to our locker room? Like, are we not going to be able to grab the handles because the poles are greased already? Like, and by the way, and I know the media does this on purpose. Police grease their poles or grease the poles. It's not a it's not a great headline. I get it. I get it. Everybody thinks it's funny. But when you think about the Tennessee police officers that got fired for probably having their poles greased, like, come on. We got to find better terminology, people. But yeah, in, in Philadelphia, do better. Stop climbing. Like, why? Like, they're going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to have to grease the poles again. It's going to, like, why are y'all climbing the poles? Like, what is this? Like, <laughs> it's like a challenge. It's like, hey, we're greasing the poles. And I so already saw a video it? of people climbing them. Um, it's just it's uh yeah the the Philly fans are nuts. Did you see him chirping Bosa? Yeah, I saw I was, that. I saw yeah. the Joy Bosa outside the deal, uh, chirping him. Uh, he said, "I'm rich, you're broke." Like, I don't understand. I get it. NFL players and celebrities, like you can't win arguing with trolls. Like, no. and, and and I will say this: I, I I I always talk about trolls on Twitter. They love to chirp at me. And I always say, like, you would never say that to my face. Well, that's a guy right there that would. And, and I thought about it later, too. I feel like some of these trolls would say it to people's faces because they want to get punched by a celebrity. Like, they want to because then they're famous for getting punched by a celebrity. They could probably sue mm -hmm. and say, oh, my nose is broken. Uh, I'm going to call TSR injury law and we're going to sue you for $100,000 to fix because I need a nose job. And like, but they chirp, they chirp, chirped them in, in public. 
you know, he said, oh, are you going to, are you live on your TikTok stream or something? And, but yeah, so that was my takeaway. I just felt like, yeah, the Eagles did a great job. Like even one of the plays where they made the two linebackers freeze, I tweeted it out. There's three Ron Johnson on Twitter. Uh, there's a play where he hands it off to the running back going left. To the right, he has bunch. They ran a bubble. The line is treating it like RPO. He also then fake and rolled out. So there was so much in that where uh, Warner and Greenlaw couldn't move. Like you see the handoff, and I posted it on Twitter. Both linebackers are standing still. They're not even moving because they're like, look, we gotta, we gotta honor the fake. We gotta honor this slant coming behind us, and we gotta honor the bubble screen. So I can't really just run to the run. And so because he had to hesitate a second in Greenlaw, um, Jason Kelsey. One, 1,000, two, 1,000, he released. So, because he knows, like, okay, Jalen's going to get rid of the ball in about two seconds. If we go past a yard, it's a flag. So, you watch it. They they all kind of roll left, one, 1,000, two, 1,000, and then Kelsey releases, and he goes and gets the linebacker. There's nobody to uh, make the tackle. So, that offense is just great. But offense versus defense, yeah, the 49ers had their whole defense. So, you could have stopped them too. But the fact that the 49ers couldn't even compete offensively, I feel like they stole it. I feel like it was an open vault. Uh, what, what was your takeaway from the NFC Championship? Yeah, just a shame. I mean, that would have been a great game if the 49ers had had, had their quarterback play. That's uh, pretty unfortunate. Philadelphia did catch a break there, but um, Philadelphia can just beat you in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, uh, Their passing game, I think, is elite. It wasn't yesterday, so they decided to win on the ground and with yeah. their defense. They're, they're just a really well-rounded team. Jalen Hurts is, is awesome. Um and a pretty incredible like ascension from year one to year two to, to now year three where he's at. Seems like they love him there. And I think we slept on Philadelphia. Like I think the last three games of the regular season when Hurts was hurt, I think we forgot how good they were. Jalen Hurts has only lost one game all year. He's 16 and one. Uh, they've probably been the best team all year at least in the NFC, and we, I think we just slept on him a little bit. So it should be a great Super Bowl, um, especially if Mahomes is still just a little shaken up. I think that levels the playing field a bit. I think I think Philly has a very good chance to win. Very good. Yeah, no, I, I didn't sleep on him. I said the whole time, Eagles. I've been Because Vikings fans have been hating me ever since I started tweeting that, that the Eagles are going to win, the Eagles are good. Uh, it's going to be tough to beat the even, even when the Vikings, I said that, I was like, who would you rather play? And I, I said, I do not want to play the Eagles. I play anybody else except the Eagles. Like I said that, and you know, I said that on the show, give me anybody else. You do not want the Eagles uh, just because of how they put like offensively, they put you in a bind. And then defensively, I mean, they got Avante Maddox back. Shout out to Detroit Martin Luther King High School. Uh, by the way, Avante Maddox, Detroit Martin Luther King High School. Brandon Graham, Detroit. You look at Sauce Gardner, Detroit Martin Luther King High School. Uh, you got the other corner on the other side uh, for the 49ers. Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas, Detroit Martin Luther King High School. That's three DBs from one high school. That's that's nuts. That's nuts to the talent that, that my high school continues to put out. But that's one school. And we're not talking about just Detroit because you got Brandon Graham from Detroit and so on and so forth. I ain't going and on. But, yeah, three, three DBs all from one school. And then you wonder why we're the state champs back to back to back. Like, I think the last 10 years they've won it six or seven times or something like that. Or it's 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 crazy. But you see why? Avante Maddox, Sauce Gardner. And those guys also played offense too. Don't don't like Sauce Gardner wore 21. That was my high school number. That was kind of you're the top receiver if you get 21 because of Desmond Howard, Michigan, you know, we're Detroit. Yep. But 
all all the top receivers in my high school, 21 was kind of the number everybody wanted. Braylon Edwards brought that up before that he wanted to wear that number. Um, he ended up wearing three, I think, because of my college number. Um, but that that's what that's what everybody wanted. And Sauce Gardner had he played receiver and DB. Ambry Thomas had it as well. Lavert Hill had it as well. Uh, he played DB there too. Don't forget about Lavert Hill. Played at Michigan. Another Detroit Martin Luther King. I mean, it's a lot of DBs there. But when you look at the NFC, that was kind of my takeaway. The Giant, or sorry, the yeah, sorry, the Giants. They show what they could be against the Vikings, and then they ran up and, and just got buzzsaw with the Eagles. But the Eagles are going to buzzsaw everybody. I think the biggest thing for Pat, Patrick Mahomes, one, you could see on that one play when he rolled out, and he had to really put – he rolled out left. In order to throw it with his right hand, he had to put weight on that leg, like a lot of weight. Because that last run, that was just, okay, this is the end of the game. If I get hurt, I get hurt, but I'm going to get us to, to the Super Bowl. And everybody's like, oh, man, look at look at how – uh, you know, passionate he is, and you know, so many players set out that could have played. And yeah, he got all this money already. He got his big contract. Of course, if he gets hurt now and gets a team Super Bowl, he doesn't care. And then they have to win the Super Bowl with Chad Henney. Like Patrick, if he if he didn't have the money, I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know. Like now again, his wasn't a knee, so ankle's a little bit different. High ankle sprain is one of those two where doctors tell you, like if you play on it or you don't play, you can't you can't hurt it anymore. Like just go. Like it's gonna it's as bad as it's gonna get with a high angle sprain. Like you can't break it because it's just a tendon. So uh when you think about that, that was a lot. But him and resting, he put a lot of pressure on that to throw that one pass, and you could see him kind of get mad. Like, Ugh. like I don't know if it was like he just it you could see it hurt him visually. Mm -hmm. And so the Eagles are gonna make him move. Like Nick Sirianni, he's gonna, he's gonna he's talking to his coordinators, everybody now. Hey, look, we gotta find ways to get Patrick Mahomes off his spot because I don't think he can beat us when he's moving. And I don't think he can. Like, he didn't move enough. They let him stay in the pocket and do just enough with the Bengals. Uh, but if I'm them, I'm, I'm going man. And I'm going to say, hey, look, you guys got to cover for at least two and a half seconds. Let us get there. Because we're going to keep blitzing and making him. Because even if he dumps it off to Jet McKinnon, you're not getting beat for a 15, 20-yard deep ball. So that's kind of my thoughts going into that one. Uh, kind of a long first segment. We got the daily three coming up, of course, later. We also have a busy week. We got a lot of players we're going to be talking to over the next two weeks. So the next two weeks, it's going to be some great content from a football standpoint, people. Uh, you know, we're working on Mel Blunt. We got Cordell Stewart in the hopper. Uh, Aiken Andale, former Purdue grad, played with me, played for the Jaguars. Uh, or sorry, worked out with me. Same uh, same agent, played for the Jaguars. We got Travis Stevens, Buccaneers. Uh, we're talking to Deshaun Foster, UCLA. Uh, went to the Super Bowl with the Panthers. So got a lot of guys in the hopper. Uh, as we get ready for this, Bernard Barian. I mean, some of your favorite former Vikings. Uh, he has a Super Bowl story as well. Alex Brown with the Bears. We've got a lot of guys. We've got to figure out how to get them all in when you got two <laughs> weeks. But we're working on a lot of good people. And, and, and if some don't, I mean, Ernie Wilwright, former Gopher. If it doesn't come up in the next two weeks, stick with us. Because even once the season ends, we still got to start talking offseason. And what's next for the Vikings? And what's the NFL going to look like? What is this quarterback carousel going to look like? Because now it looks like the Packers are going to move on. They're saying – Hey, we're willing to move on from Aaron Rodgers, but who wants to give us what we want? Because we'll we will make him stay and retire. I don't care. Like if I'm a billionaire owner, I don't care. You can retire for all I care. I really don't care if you don't want to be here, but I'm not trading you for less than what I want. But we got that coming up next. And also, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube, following every Twins, Vikings, Wilder, Wolves game. Our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. And we have a word from our sponsors. It's FanDuel. 
our new partners here at Locked On. The only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download that now. You can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line, point spreads, and who will score the first touchdown. Of course, we'll have our RJ parlays coming up on this show where, I don't know, it might be a 15-leg parlay that Ron puts together because there's going to be so many props at FanDuel, and you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked on, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Well, Sam, we talked a lot of football in that first segment. It was a long one. Uh, we're going to do a little quick basketball check because we it is basketball season. Basketball is my first love. Like, I love basketball. And on Friday's roundtable, you, Gabe, and I, uh, we kind of broke down this Timberwolves. And when you think about the Timberwolves team currently and, and where they stand, and um, I said the next two out of three games, one will give us a little bit of an indication of who the Timberwolves are going to be or who they could be. And I said the one key component to that was Anthony Edwards. I said Anthony Edwards in these next couple of games has to really show who he is. And so if you look at the Grizzlies game, because that was the game where you're like, oh, the Grizzlies have always had the, the Timberwolves numbers the last couple of years uh, or sorry, last year. Um, they had the Timberwolves number. Job Morant came into his own. But when you look at that, that game, they won 111 to 100. But what did Anthony Edwards do? He gave you 25. He gave you seven and seven. Seven rebounds, seven assists, and 25 points. Kyle Anderson gave you a boost, 23. D'Angelo Russell, 19. Now, Rudy Gobert, that's seven points, but the 13 rebounds. 13 rebounds by Rudy Gobert. That's kind of the Rudy Gobert they need. Now he needs to have a little bit more to it. And then you'll get the three seed in the Kings. That's another one. People are like, oh, man, the Timberwolves just don't have enough. 117 and 110. They found a way to win that. Again, Anthony Edwards, 34. <laughs> he dropped 34 and 10. Double-double. D'Angelo Russell gives you another 25. And I also saw tweets about this. And I don't know who exactly. I'm not stealing it. It's not my take. But I saw somebody's tweet say, I don't know what y'all need to do, but you need to find a way to sign D'Angelo Russell now. And I don't know if that's the answer. But again, I everybody has their opinion. And if that is the answer, you're signing D'Angelo Russell now, you got to find a way to get Rudy, Rudy Gobert. I don't feel like when Carl Anthony Towns comes back, that Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, and the Edwards, D'Angelo Russell can coexist with Jaden McDaniels. Like, I just don't, I don't see it. Because, again, that's now a congested lane. D'Angelo Russell is not a dagger three-point shooter all the time. He's a drive, pop at the free throw line guy. If you come up, I'm going to kick it to Cat. Cat can lay it up. A Cat can space out on the wing and hit a deep jumper or a three-pointer. He can also pick and then roll pop, meaning he's going to roll, but then roll back behind me kind of to the top. Like we've seen a lot of bigs like Jokic and those guys that can shoot where you don't traditionally roll or, or, or pop out, you kind of roll and get back to a, a different spot that's not natural, but now you're wide open because everybody's thinking you're going to dive. That's like Rudy Gobert can't do that. If Rudy Gobert pick and rolls, he's going to go to the basket. That's all he has. He's not going to pop. He's not going to jump, step out and hit a deep jumper. So if you're signing D'Angelo Russell, I just don't feel like this Gobert project is going to work. But again, 
they're the five seed right now. <laughs> I said if they won two out of three, they could jump back up to the top, and they are up there. They're they're number five now. Again, they have to win this game now because the the Warriors have won and they're back in this. It's six. The West is so tight, and so when you think about the West, if they beat the Kings and they win again, I mean, again, they got the Warriors, and so now they're gonna face the team that's hot. Like the Warriors weren't playing great because we know Steph was out. Uh, Clay wasn't 100% back yet. Uh, Draymond was punching people, so he was out. Uh, uh, Jordan Poole couldn't see out of one eye because Draymond Green had, had, had lumped him up. So there was a lot going on in that organization. Those guys weren't even getting along and passing the ball to each other. They, they didn't even want to be on the same court at the same time. But when you think about this Timberwolves team, man, like it's it's so close. The problem is, is, is Cat ever coming back? You know, if he if if they end up as a three seed or four seed, and after the All Star break, Cat comes back, and then they drop back down to eight, then do you move on from Cat? Like, do you try to find a trade partner for Cat and try to get more draft capital? You try to get the first overall pick and go get Victor, Wembyama. Like, I don't know if anybody's going to give you the first pick for Carl Anthony Towns. Probably not, but. <laughs> You can go get Victor and pair him with Anthony Edwards. I don't know. Because he's he's unproven. Again, we keep saying, like, we thought Chet Holmgren was the next great. And look at him. He's just an average NBA player. He couldn't even make it the first year. Injury. So is is Victor a little bit better? Is he a little bit stronger? Is he less, is he, you know, is he not going to get hurt? I don't know. So because we keep thinking this because he's rookies and these phenoms. Hey, it might not work out. Everybody didn't believe in the ball brother, the younger one. The older one kind of set a bad precedent because they're like, oh, he's not as good as we thought he's going to be. The younger brother's actually pretty good. But again, he can't stay healthy. His ankles are weak. But when you look at the Timberwolves, that's that's where I'm thinking is like, what is this team going to look like? Because now it's, I'm confused because I thought they weren't going to be good because they were 25 and 25 at the same point last year. So why trade all your people? And you're just where you are. But now with the West, they're actually the five seed. And I, and I have to go back and look. I don't remember if they were ever in the top three seeds last year, like at any point in the season. So if they can get into top four, they're into territory they haven't been in before. So I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, the the West was so much better last year. It's kind of crazy, like because the West has been dominant for decades. Um, this is the most parity, and maybe mediocrity is a better word that I've ever seen. But but honestly, Ron, like think last fifteen games. So you went to the Detroit game at Target Center. They lost mm -hmm. six six game losing streak since then. 11 and 4. Really really close losses against Utah and Denver. Probably should have had those games, but you can live with those results. They had two bad losses at Houston and at Detroit. Other than that, this has been a great 15 game stretch all without Cat. Gobert's giving you more what you need from him. He's just impacting things on the defensive end, not always showing up in the box score, but he alters shots, cleans the glass, keeps people out of the way. Edwards is asserting himself. I like the way this team's playing right now. Now, I do worry about bringing Cat back into the fold, but Cat was posting on Instagram yesterday watching the Eagles game. He's still in a boot. This might be a long-term thing, and he might not play again this year. He's not showing up to games. He seems disgruntled. Weird stuff's going on with Cat, Ron. Now, moving on from Cat, I think that's an off-season decision. That's not an in-season decision because he has no trade value right now. He's hurt. I think you're rolling with who you have this year um, because you're not going to make a tank move when you're the five seed. 
Um, and I don't know if you can really, maybe you can acquire, you might be able to acquire somebody, but you have to give pieces up. And I, I don't want to give up Nas Reed. I love Nas Reed. Um, I'm attached to Nas Reed. So if they just roll with what they have, I kind of like the way they're playing. So maybe if Cat comes back at some point, maybe that elevates them to the next level, but keep it up. I'm kind of, I'm turning a corner with this Wolves team, Ron. <laughs> Feeling optimistic. Yeah, you know what? And it's all about the playoffs. It depends on who you, when you get in the playoffs, who you have to play, where your seed. I mean, right now, they're the five seed. So they would just play the Clippers. Now, are the Clippers, you know, like what are the Clippers going to be? Is, is Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George that guy? Like, are they going to be ready to go? Are they fully bought into what the Clippers are doing? Because the Clippers have been up and down. When you look at the Grizzlies, 50 games in, 32 and 18, 32 games left. Last year, they only lost 26 games. 26 games total. So they have to finish. Like, they, they can only lose eight games right now out of that 32. Eight. They can, In order to just be where they were last year, which is the same seed. I mean, they were the two seed last year. They're the two seed now. But that's, you're right. That's the difference in the West now is last year's third seed had only lost 29 games. The fourth seed had only lost 30 games. The fifth seed had only lost 33 games. And then the sixth seed only lost 34 games. And so that's the big difference now is you got your seven seed at 25. You got your eight at 25. So it's kind of bottlenecked at that bottom. Um, because, I mean, I don't know, like 34 losses. That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. 34 losses was the sixth seed. I mean, that means the Warriors can only lose 10 more. They'd have to go 22 or 23 and 10 to kind of stay at that six seed if that's the trajectory. Same with the Timberwolves at 27 and 25. So it is a little bit different league, but I think overall they're all just beating each other up. You know, like the Grizzlies losing to the Timberwolves. That wasn't supposed to happen that way. The Kings losing to the Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves might sweep the Kings if they beat them tonight. It's a sweep. Mm -hmm. That wasn't supposed to happen. But when you when you think about these games, I mean the stretch of the Nuggets now, uh, the Jazz, and then they get the Grizzlies again February tenth. It's my wife's. That's our anniversary from we got engaged. February tenth, I asked her to marry me. That was like two thousand. I can't remember two thousand six maybe. She was asleep though. I put the ring on her when she was asleep, so it was one of those where she woke up, didn't know she was engaged, you know. And then I wrote in the mirror, you know, it was a note. So, and it took her a while to even realize she was wearing a ring. Impressive stealth to get that ring on. Yeah, while she was sleeping. Wow. Very yeah, good. took a took a lot, took a lot. It's a it's a long story behind it. Some KY jelly was involved because I could not get it on. It's really because it was tight, <laughs> so I had to use. Some, I mean, I, I was googling like because I'm like Vaseline. No, that's not a good idea. And so I was googling stuff, and I was like, so I actually went to the store at like one in the morning. I was up late. I was nervous. One to score one in the morning. Yeah, got the ring on it. But yeah, February 10th. That's our anniversary, uh, our engagement anniversary. And then the next couple of Timberwolves games, I'll be watching from the beach in Mexico. So I'll look forward to talking to you from Mexico uh, in that February stretch of games. That's after the Super Bowl. So we'll be hard on the Twins at this point. We'll be tough on the Wild at that point. Uh, we'll be talking, is Carlos Correa going to help rebuild the Twins at that point? Because uh, there's going to be a lot of moves there in the offseason, and people are starting to speculate what's going to happen spring training. But I'm looking forward to this. But, of course, coming up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. We're, we're going to keep an eye on these Timberwolves. Like, we're going to keep a, a close eye on these Timberwolves because you never – really know who they're going to be until you see a couple stretch now if they like i said they beat this next if they win tonight and they beat the warriors 
I mean, Sam, Sam seems to think they're for real. They might be for real. Because if they could beat the, the, the Grizzlies, the Kings, and the Warriors, maybe, I don't know, maybe you keep Cat and Rudy Gobert off the court at the same time. Like, you, you put one on, do your work there, and then you put him, and he got a different look. You treat him, you know, 1A, 1B. You don't have them start together. Maybe that's the answer. I don't know. But remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast and find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. And we have a word from our sponsors. Well, it's January 30th. Hopefully, you're still sticking with your New Year's resolutions. Maybe you're working out more. Maybe you're eating healthier. And maybe Built Bar is part of that. Because when you eat Built Bars, you're not compromising tastes. They're still delicious. However, they are good for you. Good tasting, good for you. It's a great combination when you have um, unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. I don't know how Built does it, but the bars taste like a candy bar, and they maintain these amazing macros, four grams of sugar, only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein to fuel you. Don't wait around to get your box. Go to Walmart or Sam's Club. You can get the four-bar box for just a few. You can stock up with a 13-bar box, Baker's Dozen, at Sam's Club. Get some brownie batter puffs mm, and stock up for the month of February. You can thank me later. You can also go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15. Well, Sam, it's time of the show I love. It's the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away. All right, Ron. Early Super Bowl storylines. We got the Kelsey Bowl. We got the Andy Reid revenge match against the team that fired him. What's your favorite early storyline for Super Bowl 57? Well, one of the early ones, of course, I tweeted it was, uh, I like the fact that there's some Vikings going to be, you know, going to get another chance. Because we always, I think Vikings fans love to hate uh, or, or love to, uh, I guess, feel bad about Minnesota football when other Vikings leave and win Super Bowls. And so Linval Joseph, Anthony uh, Harris, two guys that are playing for the Eagles that were actually big pieces of the Vikings team. And then, of course, you get people that come on and they want to tweet other people, uh, Smith, Marset. I'm not like – and Jarek McKinnon, yes, Jarek McKinnon is one with the Chiefs, but uh, uh, no, he wasn't on the Chiefs left on they won. So, yes, this might be Jets' first time. Um, but when you think about that, Here's the biggest problem with some of the other people they named. Like they were naming some other guys on these tweets. And I'm like, those guys didn't play for the Vikings, though. They like they they tried out, maybe played one or two games and then left. So you can't really consider them. Like if they didn't get a full year and contributed, mm -hmm. like you can't really consider them a Viking as if it matters. Like they were just here for training camp. They didn't go to the Eagles and become superstar. Like, because I can see that. Like, oh, I can't believe like Big Poppy. I can't believe we cut them and then they're superstars. So so one, that's one of the storylines I like that you got Linval Joseph, you know, after everything he's been through in the offseason, Vikings fans wanting him, and he's a big piece of this Eagles defense. He's a big run stopper. I still don't understand why we didn't sign him. Oh, my goodness, he was here working out. But I do like the Kelsey Kelsey. I love the Kelsey Kelsey one because the mom, uh, people keep, keep saying, like, it's win-win for her. No matter what, she's going to have a winner. I'm like, these are her kids. No matter what, she's going to have a loser, too. Like, oh, no, but she's going to have a winner. No, I'm like, as a parent, I'm a parent with two kids. and. I've seen my one daughter win softball and I've seen my other daughter lose softball. It doesn't matter that one won. I, I can't sit up here and say, oh, she's a champion and, and you're a loser. Like, no, like I gotta, hey, it's okay, you lost. So 
I love that story. So her, she has her jersey already, like the half and half jersey where she has the Chiefs Eagles jersey. And, you know, like I love that storyline um, for that simple fact of, you know, first time two brothers are going to play. It's going to be a ton of media. They have their own show as well. So there's going to be a ton of media following them all Super Bowl week as they talk about their – because normally they don't talk, you know, before they're going to play. And so they're going to have to talk now. Cause they have to be there together to a bowl. So they, you know, the stage and, and all the stuff, like, I think it's gonna be a cool story. Their family's going to be there. Like it's going to be cool. Uh, so that's one of the ones I like. I don't know. What about you? Yeah. I, I think I'm just paying attention to this Mahomes legacy that he's building. Like right now he's got one Super Bowl win. This is appearance. Number three, um, five AFC championships. Like if, if he wins number two, it just vaults you into this automatic rarefied air. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love I love watching greatness. And I think Mahomes is generationally great, maybe going to be the greatest of all time by the time it's over. Um, but Brady's always going to have seven, right? So when Mahomes has these opportunities to win Super Bowls early in his career like this, he kind of has to take advantage. Like if he ever wants to approach Tom Brady territory, he's got to win. He's got to win when he makes it to the Super Bowl. That's the one thing that Brady didn't always do. Brady didn't always win the Super Bowl. He, how many losses does he have? Five? Six? He's been in a million. Yeah. Um, Mahomes is one and one, and Brady beat him one. But I, I just, I'm, I'm so fascinated by quarterback legacies. And to get a second ring, that is such a, a validator for, for QBs. So I'm, I'm paying attention to Mahomes. And I think yes. him battling through the injury, too is is very intriguing yeah that was the whole peyton manning eli manning two two rings and mm -hmm. hey they both ended up with it but we know peyton's hall of famer so is eli hall of famer we'll see what you got next all right put on your prediction hat ron the vikings have interviewed ryan nielsen of the saints mm -hmm. ryan flores of the steelers sean desai of the seahawks and mike Pettin internally those are the four candidates for defensive coordinator who do you expect to get hired i'm guessing it's going to happen pretty soon here yeah, I've I so my initial was Brian Flores. One of my inside sources uh, seems to think he's going to get an NFL head coaching job. Um, but when you look at like all the issues the the Denver Broncos are having, my question is: Are the Arizona Cardinals? Because that's where the Flores uh, buzz is heading towards Arizona Cardinals. But is it going to be similar issues there? Like, is there going to be similar issues where people are like, I don't want to like, are the Broncos going to have to offer Brian Flores a job? Cause nobody wants it. Like Harbaugh turned it down. They went back and flew to Michigan. Harbaugh comes out saying, Nope, I'm not leaving. Then they flow, fly back out again and meet with them. So it's like, what's like, why does anybody want this job? Like what's so bad about Denver? Like what's going on with the old owners? Is it, is it John Elway? Like something's not right there. Uh, that, that is not sitting right with people. Maybe it's Russell Wilson. People are like, oh, look, I don't, I hate this. Like we got to stop saying let's ride. I'm not being the head coach if we're still riding. Um, I don't know, but I, I do feel like Brian Flores is a lead candidate, but what you don't want to do is hire him as defensive coordinator, and then he's still getting head coaching interviews because we've seen that before where coaches like kind of get hired, preliminary contracts not done, and then they end up leaving like before they even show up to the one place and they get another job somewhere else. I don't remember. Somebody else did that. I can't remember if it was Josh McDaniels or somebody where they like took one job and then literally – right after that took another job, like got a better offer or something after an interview. So Brian Flores, I'd be careful with that one because that could happen where you hire him as deep, you know, you offer him the defense coordinator job, he takes it, and then the Cardinals reach out to him and they hire him. And then you have to go back and search again. And then is Ryan, you know, Ryan Nielsen and then Mike Pettin, you know, are they going to feel like, oh, I'm your second choice? You know, you don't want that. So 
Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a tough one for them. But I don't know what what is your early thoughts? Yeah, I just have a hard time generating opinions on Desai and Nielsen. It's it's really difficult to to figure out what they're about and and you know what kind of influence they've actually had. I I'm higher on Mike Pettin than everyone else. Everyone else hates that because he was associated with Ed Donatel's defense and there's yeah. the stench of the season is on him. I don't hate Mike Pettin. I think he has a really good resume. Um, and if he were given the keys, I think I think it would be different. But that's an unpopular opinion. Brian Flores seems to be the most popular opinion. Like you said, I don't know if he's going to settle for this coordinator job. Right. Even, even if he took it, Ron, you would probably lose him really soon. Correct. So maybe it's better to have someone who might stick around for a couple of years uh, so you don't have a revolving door. But I'm just going to let it play out. On your Mike Pettin talk, you're dead on too. I I agree. I like Mike Pettin. I, I, he was my coach in Baltimore. Like he was our assistant defensive guy, so he did special teams. So I was around him a lot for special teams and video film with Rex Ryan. And um, he he was like he and I talked because we've talked like just non football. Just hey, how's life, man? In Baltimore, X Y and Z, man. Bart Scott, Ed Reed. Duh, duh. And uh, one of the things I asked him was about the defense that I know he can run because I've seen it firsthand with the Ravens I've seen it with the with the Jets with Bart Scott and and what that defense is, is Rex Ryan's defense was probably Buddy Ryan's defense when you go way back to the Bear defense um you, you put more people in gaps than they think are accounted for and and watch the 49ers I think they did it a bunch too um because I have to go back and see you know their defense coordinator D'Amico Ryan's and who he's come from but I think it's a Rex Ryan type of deal somehow how in there some way or some connection to the Buddy Ryan deal. And when you watch one of their blitzes, uh, 54 Warner actually runs up, contacts the center, and then bails out. And I think Jalen Hurts throws it like right behind him. He almost, you know, almost becomes a big play by him, but Jalen Hurts gets it out quick because he's an athletic quarterback. But in that defense, it was chaos. And that's what Mike Pettin can bring. He can bring you that chaos defense. So I do, I do agree with you. I do like Mike Pettin there. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to improvise on this third question here because we kind of already talked about the Timberwolves. Uh, let me ask you this. Who is one Viking that you would absolutely want to extend this year? Somebody who is going into the last year of their deal this year, so the extension window would be open. Uh, KJ Osborne would be an option. TJ Hawkinson would be an option. Cam Dantzler would be an option. Mm-hmm. Anybody of that variety that you would give an extension to? Yeah, I would go with TJ Hawkinson. I just think when you look at the NFL, look at these teams in the Super Bowl first. You know, you think about the Eagles and their tight ends. Mm-hmm. You think about the 49, even the final four. You think about Hurst with the Bengals. You think about Kelsey with the Chiefs. You know, you look at Goddard. You look at you look at all these guys. Um, you look at, go back to the Eagles when they won before. It was Zach Ertz. You know what I mean? Like, it's always been about that. It's the teams with, and then, of course, Brady is always Gronk. You got to have a tight end in today's NFL when you think about what I just talked about, the blitz. Who's going to be your outlet? Who's going to be a pick it up? Who's going to have the mismatch with the linebacker? Who's going to give you that red zone presence? It's TJ Hawkinson. And so I, I do feel like like for so long, the Vikings kept trying to find a tight end. Like, hey, who's it? We're going to draft this guy. We're going to do And it, you know, it always kind of like, huh, never really works out. You have a guy now. I don't know how to work it because we know he wanted big money. That's why the Lions were willing to part ways with him. But I would do T.J. Hawkinson because of you look at these teams and what do, what does Pat Mitchell Mahomes rely on? He relies on Travis Kelsey. That's that's the key for there. The Eagles don't rely on their tight end, but they use them. The Bengals, Hayden Hurst wasn't the main guy, 
because we know Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, but they used him. I mean, look at the big plays he had on the over routes and some of those big plays he had in, in the red zone and then the outlets. Uh, he was a big outlet for Joe Burrow. Uh, you look at the 49ers. Oh, my goodness. Like, without George Kittle, they don't win any of those games. Like, he was a big part. He did have a quiet early start, and maybe that was a quarterback change and, you know, whatever. But Brock Purdy, and again, when you're the third quarterback, maybe, hey, I know the tight end's open, so I'm going there. But Brock Purdy put uh, George Kittle back in the Pro Bowl. And so when you think about it, maybe that's that Iowa State-Iowa connection. Like, hey, man, we're Iowa's. Let's, Iowans, let's, let's make this happen. But you got to have a tight end. So TJ Hawkinson would be my answer. Yeah. Um, Darren Waller is the yep. highest paid tight end in terms of annual salary. $17 million a year. I think Hawkinson asks for that. Like, I think that I think that he would probably try to set the market or if, or at least match it at minimum. He's getting Kittle money, right? And that's fifteen million a year. I mean, right. he's that's, th- that's a huge expense, and people need to take that into account when they're talking about while well, keeping Adam Thielen around. Correct. And you know, this is that is a huge number. So I agree. I want Hawkinson here long term, but you have to sacrifice yeah. to make that work. Today's NFL. I mean, it's either you have two really good receivers and a subpar like, and, and Hayden Hurts is not subpar, but he's a you know he's a middle tier tight end. Uh, middle to third tier tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, you, Eagles, same thing. Two good receivers, really good receivers. I mean, Devonta Smith and, and A.J. Brown, and then you have a middle of the road tight end, but good. Uh, or you have Debo and you have Kittle. You have Kelsey and everybody and anybody. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's you, you have to pick it. You have Gronk and then a whole bunch of like supporting cast members of receivers. So, you, you have to figure out what your offense is going to look like, and, and you're right. Like, it, it can't be Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and TJ. Unless, just, unless Adam Thielen wants to take middle-of-the-road receiver money, and that's going to be the question mark. Is he willing to take a pay cut and hope that another team's going to give him $9 million or $8 million or even seven? Because if he's going to get five somewhere else, might as well take five here. You know, if he's going to get four, and that's what Blake Boris's agent is going to have to look into. Like, what are you guys willing to offer my client if I were to get him out of Minnesota? And that's going to be the question. Is it worth uprooting your family, going to another team. Kyle Rudolph had said it. You know, we're, we're going to try to work and get Kyle Rudolph on the show. we got to figure that time out. Uh, but Kyle Rudolph said it. Like, hey, if I can stay in Minnesota, I will. But if they don't even want me, what can I do? You know, like he he, he said that. And so, again, regime change, coaches change, uh, money is different. But, you know, but a Tampa Bay is not a bad place to uproot from Minnesota. That's the difference. <laughs> It's not like he, you know, it's not like he went to somewhere else and you're like, oh, man, like Denver and you just, it's terrible, you know, no, he went to Tampa. So it's not, not a bad, not a bad transition uh, for old Kyle Rudolph. But I want to thank everybody for listening, liking, sharing, commenting, continue to, to be a part of the Ron Johnson Show family, myself, Sam Ekstrom. We really appreciate you locked on sports as well. Remember, we're powered by FanDuel. So you want to make every moment more? Just do what I did. These parlays, man, it makes the game so much more fun to watch. Like Sam said, when Travis Kelsey got that first touchdown, that's when you, you feel it. You're like, oh, wait, this might happen. Like, that's how parlays are. If one thing happens that was not supposed to, like the first touchdown score of any team, hey, I, I was like, okay, all right, here we go. And it was early. So be a part of that. It's fun. But remember, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conferences delivering all the biggest news. Like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comment section below. I want to thank you. Have a great day. 
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.